welcome to Modern Anarchy, the podcast featuring real conversations with conscious objectors to the status quo. I'm your host, Nicole. On today's episode, Chris joins us for a vulnerable conversation about their journey into the liberation of polyamory and unfolding the matrix. Together we talk about the expansiveness of connection, the surrender and trust needed to find security and change, and how our identity shifts through relationships. This episode is exactly why I call this podcast conversations and not interviews because I was in a tough place during this time in my life when I recorded this episode with Chris a couple months ago. I needed community. I needed other people in this world who could see me and the struggle that I was going through at that time. And so first off, I just want to say thank you, Chris, for holding this space for me. I know, you know, when you get invited onto a podcast, maybe this isn't what you expect, but I I needed it. I needed you. I needed community and I needed other souls out there who could see me in that pain. And so thank you for that. I was really struggling with the reality of being in love with someone who is monogamous and just feeling like there's so much security in that space and feeling like that's the safe space that I wanted to go into, but at the same time feeling like stepping into that space was quite literally cutting off aspects of my self-exploration, aspects of my own self-identity. I just, I felt like I was losing a limb, but I wanted the security and I love that person. I still do love that person, even if we have decided not to embark on a relationship together. And so I just, I was really having it and I think you can hear it in this episode as I go back and forth between the experience of feeling so frustrated and scared to step into polyamory and to trust that I'm going to be okay even if I don't have the primary partner because we are our primary partners, right? For that solo relationship. Yeah, yeah. Uh, We all need community. That is for sure, right? But also being able to ground ourselves in our own self-love I think is a really radical act. And that self-love comes from having other relationships that are able to hold you and see you in your pain and your experience like Chris did here for me. And so I hope y'all feel connected to our shared experience of the scariness that is stepping into polyamory. Anyone who says this is easy has some really secure attachment that I don't have. And so if it is a struggle, if it is scary... I just want to say that you're not alone in that. And I think back to that episode with Dean, episode 84, about how, you know, we do a lot of scary things in life because it means we are living more. And I just could not and I cannot cut off this aspect of myself that loves more than one person. And so I hope y'all enjoy today's episode and find some resonance in the beauty of polyamory and the struggle as we explore both sides of the coin today here in this episode together. Y'all, tune in. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So then where do you start your journey? Where do you want to begin the story? I've been thinking about that, actually. And yeah. I, think, I think I want to start with a little bit of a snapshot of where I am. Right. Just Let's do so it. Yep. I'm a known individual. Yep, yep. Where are you today? Um, so the place I find myself now is I am in three non-monogamous polyamorous relationships. I currently live alone. I am married to my spouse, whose first initial is S. They use they, them. I have been married to them since 2008. So it's been a long time. We started dating in high school, like high school sweethearts, whole thing. Um, I'm also dating a person whose first initial is A, uses she, her pronouns. We've been dating for four and a half years. And she and I see each other probably the most out of all my partners. And we've really built a life around each other in a pretty deep way. And then finally, I am dating a person who uses K as their first initial and uses she, her pronouns. We've been dating for about a year and a half. And so all of those relationships really feed into my life in different ways. And I think part of polyamory that really spoke to me was the ways that I can really make space for those relationships and feel support from them in different ways. It really allows me to move through the world, kind of charting my own course, but receiving support from all these different places at the same time. Mm. So that's where I am now, broader biographical details. I'm a teacher, I teach at a private school and I'm 36 years old, I'm agender. I mm-hmm. use any and all pronouns. I was assigned male at birth mm-hmm. and I typically get coded as masculine. However, I've used she, her, I've used they, them. I've tried it for a brief period of time. I've tried neo pronouns a little bit and all of those feel approximately equivalent. So whichever one gets used with me is the one that I kind of go with at the time. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that's where I'm at today. Mm-hmm. And there's so much context to all of this. I was taking notes. So A, she, her, four and a half years, you live yeah. most of the time with and you've built a life with, I think is what I wrote down. And then married to S, they, and it, since high school, so that's been... Gosh, we got together in 04. So it's been 18 years. Yeah, we passed the point where I have now spent more of my life in a relationship with them than before. Wow, wow, wow. And then there's Kay, she, her, one and a half. Yeah. Okay, I was taking notes over here. Um, I appreciate that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I don't want to forget anything. I feel like, especially with poly people, we always have like a whole world too, right? It's like, it's like, it's not just one. You're gonna like. Well, and it's a whole thing of just remembering the broader context of trying to remember all of the birthdays and the anniversaries. Not just your anniversary, you start remembering like your partner's meta anniversary. Mm -hmm. And then you start remembering not just the history of your relationship, like, oh, how did I meet S? Okay, there's a funny story of how we were sledding and I ran them over the sled. But right. then also, how did they meet 
their other partner. Oh, well, actually, that's also. And yeah. so you end up with this deep web of mm-hmm. connection and knowledge mm-hmm. that really just, I'm an extrovert and I love people. And so feeling this web <sighs> that's so much greater than I could ever build Wow. Yeah. in a monogamous relationship. Now, I think that there is something to be said for recognizing that just because a relationship is monogamous doesn't mean you don't have that web. It right. just means that your friendships can branch and grow more fully too. Mm-hmm. I think for me, part of what I've really embraced about polyamory was, so I did not come to polyamory until S and I had already been married for a number of years. We were raised both very Christian. I was okay. very cis, very straight, very monogamous, very Christian. I actually started going to school to be a pastor, like hardcore cishet, the tiny white picket fence life. And pieces of that fell away slowly as, you know, you start realizing like heterosexuality eh, and gender, eh, but still pretty tied into that view of myself. Mm. But what always felt restricting was the idea that you build your life around this person, that this person should be enough for you and that you should have this eternal love. And in the strain of Christianity we were in, it was very much, this is your soulmate. This is the person that you'll be with in heaven. And S and I always had a super strong understanding of like, yo, no, if our relationship ever kind of turns bad, leave. Like, we always had a view of our relationship as contingent, Mm. but still very strictly monogamous. And I always felt a lot of guilt because I had attraction Mm. to other people and Mm. I wanted relationships with people and I'd form friendships and feel like I had to build this wall up around those friendships, like this far and no further. Right. And that always sucked. And I feel like I never really built the friendships that I could have when I was in younger in high school and in college. And suddenly I'm in grad school. I go back to grad school to get a degree in philosophy and love that. Yes. 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 (laughs) I have a BS. I have a bachelor of science. I have a BS in philosophy, which I feel like is the most perfect explanation of my life. Uh Yeah. Yeah. Welcome. (laughs) But I went back to grad school and there was this person I had a crush on. I huge crush on them. They like brilliant. They were funny. They were neat. And I wanted to be friends with them. And I was friends with them. And I would come back from hanging out and we would have been reading this super weird, dense philosophical treatise. And I would come back and I would talk to them. I'm just like, I just like them so much. And S would just say, yeah, that's wonderful. Of course you have a crush on them. They're cute. They're smart you enjoy hanging out with them. Why wouldn't you have a crush? And I'm like, because I'm married to you. And as this response was just like, here's this thing that they were exploring their gender at the time. And mm-hmm. they, as I was researching, I came across this idea of polyamory and reading some Tumblr post that they had found way back in the day mm-hmm. was the most freeing experience I could have, I've ever experienced. It was so liberatory so beautiful to just realize that there is a framework where 
I can love S and I can care for them and honor them and just want to build my life with them, but still see what's going on with this other person and care about them and see where it goes and just let that relationship develop, not independently, but separate from my relationship with S. Mm-hmm. And I think that to me has been the biggest change mm-hmm. since I started practicing polyamory is just that friendships can be what they will be. It has been such a relief to be able to hang out with someone and to be able to just kind of live in the space of, I wonder what's going to happen. I wonder if it turns out that we have one TV show we have in common and we love talking about it and we talk about that and that's the depth of the friendship, cool. Or is it gonna be that actually we really resonate on a pretty deep level and suddenly I've been dating them for four and a half years. Mm. Not feeling the need to pigeonhole those relationships, not feeling the need to close off those avenues. There have been times where after realizing that I was polyamorous, where I was in a single relationship and that's kind of the way that happens sometimes, but it felt so different being polyamorous, but only in one relationship because it meant that was a state that was in flux. That was a choice. That was a position I found myself, Mm. not a requirement, not a binary. I am in a single relationship. I am out of a relationship. No, I'm always in relationships. I am married to S, but then I'm friends with this person, but then I'm kind of intimate acquaintances with this person, like Mm -hmm. just the framework for being able to explore those relationships just radically changed how I understand myself as a relational person. Yes. Yes. And at least I am resonating with you so deeply of like, you talked about the wall, right? This, this feeling like I, I want to go deeper with this person, but I have to blunt off my connection, my potential to love or what this person means to me and what we can explore together in terms of intimacy, like to have to feel like you have to stop that. I feel like sometimes polyamory gets this rap of being all about sex and being all about like, you can have sex with multiple people at the same time. Like, oh man. And that is a piece of it at times. At times it's not though. And it is about being able insofar as the partners that you're okay with and the conversations you have, being able to say, I'm interested in this person. This person seems neat. Let's see which paths of intimacy feel right. Maybe, my gosh, this person and I connect on such an intellectual level. We read all the same books and we just want to talk until two o'clock in the morning about the philosophical discussions that not a single one of my other partners wants to hear. Mm-hmm. But there is no sexual chemistry there. Yeah. None. Yeah. And polyamory embraces that and says, yep. oh, wow, that is a super valid relationship. And you should sink as much energy as you want to that. And yep. it's not it's not a threat. If, when I was married just to S mm-hmm. and I was monogamous, mm-hmm. that would have felt like a betrayal. That yes. would have felt like I was giving away a piece of myself that should have been theirs. Mm. 
and instead being able to say, no, this is another relationship. It might take some time away from you because that is like the hard truth of polyamory is that time and energy are finite. Well, yep. not, but absolutely. Yep. Those are things you navigate. Yep. But being able to honor the ways that intimacy is developed across relationships is mm -hmm. just revolutionary to me. It's expansive, right? That's the entire thing is it encompasses so many different ways of being and being in the world and being with people. My friendships, not my like friendships with the possibility of more, not my, none of those, just my straight up friendships mm -hmm. feel richer mm. because there is this lack of constraint. Mm -hmm. The constraint is the things that I choose and they choose and we build together. You know, maybe it's the case that actually they're not open to much more energetic interaction. They really are only looking to text once a week about the Bears game or something. I don't follow. Mm -hmm. but, you know, like sure. that's the that's what they're looking for is just the once a week thing. Cool. And that's what their boundaries are. That's cool. And then that works for me. We build mm -hmm. that relationship. But if I find somebody that it feels like we want more. I can explore that and we can explore that together until I find what feels good to me and what feels good to them. Yeah. 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 It's like, that's free love, right? I, there's this one Polly song I love that's got him free love. Wow. I'm, we are the hippies. Um, a little bit. <laughs> shit. There was this one quote from a Polly song and it was like, it's not indiscriminate fucking, it's indiscriminate loving. Mm, I I don't know about that. I feel don't challenge me, yeah. Oh well, it's a song actually. I don't know, but I like it. Yeah. I think I think that there is this feeling that yes, of course, that we are free. But if anything, I feel like I'm more discriminating now. Oh, I wonder if I'm gonna. Yeah, you should tell me in what ways because I'm I'm thinking I understand. But let me hear the fact that. I can have as many relationships and connections and they can look however I want at like, as long as my partner is an I and it's healthy and all of those things are crossed. I can build this life. However I want, I am not bound to a societal playbook. I am not on that relationship escalator where, ah, I started dating this person in high school. We are married. That means that this is how this precisely goes. I can choose. I can choose that. Yep. S and I have been married now for 14 years. If I could do the math right, I believe mm -hmm, 14. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we live apart. Mm -hmm. And that is, it was a hard change. It's the best change that has happened to me in the past two decades. Beautiful change. Absolutely love it. And I can do that because that's the change that works the best for us. Mm -hmm. I am more discriminating because I am choosing it. I am the one that is living this life. And so if I invest my energy in someone, that is a positive choice that I'm making, not just a passive acquiescence to societal demands. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. A hundred percent. So like you're being thoughtful in all of that. And so it's, yeah, it's not indiscriminate in that way, I guess, of like, we are still very like thinking, choosing these things. And I think another thing that I recorded with one of my, um, one of the close people in my world, TN, and they were talking about how like, 
when you start to have so many relationships, there's also this like, you know, it's a little bit like you're you're just more connected. So when you choose to take, I mean, take on a new relationship, it affects your other relationships in a different way that might pull away energy from the ones that you've already established. So then like in many ways, it's not complete just like, oh, let me just love everybody. It's very much so like, oh, I have to be conscious of the fact that I already have these other relationships that have needs that I've committed to and willing to like stay with. And so you're going to change all that dynamic just from coming in. And it is such a give and take and a feeling of recognizing that if that happens, that if my dynamic with someone changes or my, like a new partner enters one of my partner's lives, I get mm -hmm. a new method. The ways that that ripples through my life for better, for worse, for yep. just equal change and having that experience, right? Feeling that in my soul of how, oof, this, I'm happy for them. I love being able to experience that and seeing that new relationship energy and just like getting giddy with them. That compersion is such a heady high. Mm -hmm. But also just the growth that's required to just kind of step back, let it happen, figure out that freedom is so scary and so hard mm. and that means that if I find myself in that place I am keenly aware of of the ways that I am shaking my we talked about a web I am shaking that entire web yep absolutely yep 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 exactly so it, it is beautiful yes expansive and and intricate right at the same time very careful so like that it is interesting how that works right that that that's the both sides of the coin, I think, right, of the dynamic of polyamory. I completely agree. And I think that that is one of the things that I love about it. Right. As, as terrifying as it is and as daunting as it is, because I think <laughs> one of my partners really expressed it well of in polyamory, she felt like she gives up control of her world. <sighs> Yeah, she's yes. I'm, I'm I'm with her. <laughs> she is brilliant. Okay, like, and it was such a powerful moment for me to sit with her as she grappled with the ways that by being with somebody that is with other people, you give up at stability of, I'm worried about one relationship. I'm worried about just my relationship with A. That's all I've got to worry about. That's all they've got to worry about. You know, you have to worry about if your boss is being a jerk. You have to worry about if your sister-in-law is just planning a wedding and being just the work. Like, you know, you worry about those. Yep. But one thing is what you invest your energy in. Suddenly, my relationship with A is deeply tied to my relationship with S. Yep. And grappling with that and making peace with the fact that you are no longer the soul celestial bodies in a binary system orbiting each other. Everything is moving is such an act of surrender and trust. And so Oof. when we come back Oof. to that like indiscriminate fucking, indiscriminate yeah. loving, you you can't. <laughs> like yeah. you need to trust that the people that are moving through this system with you care. I am so afraid it. of that. That is so scary. That is so scary. What do you mean? Why? 
because I like the security of like someone's gonna be there like and you know they're not gonna and like I get it like I know you can leave and stuff but like knowing that they're gonna be there we're like and I and I know like it's I guess trusting into the web right it's trusting that like I'll be able to hold myself and be in it but it's like there's some sort of like safety kind of like you know your partner was saying of like level of control of like when you make this monogamous commitment it's like forever sorry I shouldn't say this in a bad voice right <laughs> when you make the monogamous commitment I it's kind of demeaning when you make the monogamous commitment it's it's for life right so then it's like we're gonna be there versus like oh there's this reality that like you could really have a game changer our amount of time together could change and my relationship with you is dependent on all your other relationships with people like it's really embracing like the like full reality of change is inevitable in this really complex way minutia right yeah. When you when you're in a monogamous relationship, you know who is going to pick you up from the airport. Exactly, like, exactly, exactly. It's a tiny thing. It's yes. a tiny thing. Yes. And you know, hey, turns out that they actually had a long day at the office and whatever, whatever. Yeah. That feels so different than actually I can't pick you up at the airport because I have a date night with this other person. That yes, like, that's that. so different. I had COVID and no one was there. And I felt so like fuck. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I same, uh, I was quarantined. And before that, like I was living by myself, but I, right before quarantine hit, I had started living solo and it was scary, but you know, I'm a member of two different gyms. I've got my job. I've got yeah, my relationship, yeah, you know, I'm yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then quarantine hit and suddenly you're locked into this tiny, at a studio apartment and just utterly isolated and then I got uh, exposed. I never tested positive, but it was that same thing of just who's ah. there for me. Who's going to go walk to Walgreens to go get the cold medicine. I had to walk, <laughs> right? Like there, there is the trite answer, right? That polyamory enthusiasts give of, yeah, trusting in the web of, yeah, I don't know who can pick me up at the airport, but my odds are three times better that someone that's can. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. That's fair. But it's not the same and it's not as given, as comfortable. Right. And here's what I feel like I'm coming to. Like, even if that's the world and I have to take that risk, like, I can't take the um, the blocking of love. Like, that first what you were saying of, like, coming to other relationships and feeling like I have to hinder my capacity for intimacy with people. Like, I literally cannot take that paradigm i am not okay emotionally in this paradigm of me existing in the world like that and so it's like if i'm not okay with that i kind of have to take the risk of like i hope i can sink or swim in this dynamic like fuck, you know like i i don't have a choice oh, anymore the the difference from retirement right like who am i going to get old with who yeah, is gonna who's going to be the me. person that helps me when I'm in a wheelchair, when I'm 80 years old. You know, it, it is entirely possible that my spouse would have also been in a wheelchair or would have died before me or a million other possibilities. But it is so terrifying to give up the surety. And it's imaginary. It's the imaginary. I know, security. I know, because we could die at any point. Yeah, 100%. Or like, it turns out that your monogamous partner was a jerk the entire time. Like, right. Oh, that that has happened a couple times or mm -hmm. you get divorced you get divorced at 60 because suddenly you have different you know it life happens right but 
to voluntarily give it up and to make that choice is, I don't think that it's a thing that the community always grapples with super openly of what, what you give up when you take that leap. Yeah. I think that's what I've been sitting with of like what, what you give up when you take that leap and like how, how different it feels when you're moving through the world and how your sense of self feels different. My sense of self feels radically different. And I know you mentioned that earlier too, about like all of these relationships, you know, expanding your sense of yourself through that. To me, that is the thing that I really relish is being able to bring different pieces of myself to each relationship and to have the freedom of the person that I am with S is a different person than I am with A just because uh, S has a larger extended family and I am, like, I was an only child. Their siblings are my siblings. We grappled with some family bereavement a while ago and I experienced that in such a visceral connected way because we have such a deep history. I, their mom baptized me, right? Like mm-hmm. that level of just connection and history and all of those things isn't something that I can just create, isn't something that just happens. But then I like my relationship with A is one that they're the ones that had the incredible realization about like giving up of emotional stability mm-hmm, when you're mm-hmm, and just the emotional literacy and the emotional mm-hmm. connection that I have with her is breathtaking and beautiful. Oh, yes, yes. And I get to inhabit that role so fully there. Oh, yeah. And I am the most intellectual, weird, ultra nerd with K yeah. that I can. And like my gender is different in those just because Ooh, yes. S, S yes. is non-binary uses they, them. And so when I'm presenting masculine and they're presenting pretty masculine, I feel gay just mm, because yeah. I'm presenting as if I'm in a same-sex relationship. And so I move through the world in a very different way. Whereas my relationship with A, I am her boyfriend. Like that is just how I exist in that dynamic. And I love it. It feels really nice. It feels yeah. lovely. It feels comfortable. It feels so caring. Do I know what it means to be a boy in that relationship? I don't know. But, yeah. you know, I she is super good about acknowledge, like acknowledging the ways that I am not m- a man. Mm-hmm. And we've gone out when I'm wearing a dress and makeup and all of those things. And I always yeah. have my nails painted. But our gender dynamic really does fall into a pretty boyfriend, girlfriend dynamic. And mm-hmm. that feels wonderful. It feels mm-hmm. really light. And it feels really comfortable. Yeah. But then with Kay, I came into that relationship really embracing being a gender and she's really only ever used they them for me and any of her partners only use they them for me Mm -hmm. and so just going in with that freedom with that expectation that I do not exist I am her paramour that is the term that we use because it is explicitly gender free and just existing in that space with her feels different mm-hmm. and it's not a thing that I could create in a monogamous relationship and just being able to relish and explore and delight in the freedom oh, of yes. gender explorations 
Yes. I think I, I mean, I have not challenged my gender in the same ways yet. So I'm, I'm listening and like hearing all of this expansion that it sounds like you're having between like the different dynamics that are created with the other people. Right. And I think at least from what I know about relational cultural theory for my like psychology orientation is also that we are who we are because of our relationships, right? Like if you think about yourself as at the center and then like concentric circles creating Venn diagrams, right? Like who you are is like the overlapping circles of all of these relationships. So yeah, you step into one and you feel an aspect of your gender highlighted here. You step into another one, you feel it highlighted here. And all of this comes to make who you are at your core. Like we're never actually separate from the relationships. That is true of everyone. Like, as you said, that oh, is no. just part of psychology insofar as the person I am at work, right? I'm not deep in the closet at work. You know, there's only so deep you can go when you have your nails painted, you'll wear some rather androgynous clothes, and you explain that your spouse uses they, them. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not in the closet, but I don't expose other pieces of myself. And the person that I then am at work is different than the person that I am at the climbing gym that I go to. Because there, there's none of that hangups. I can just let my queer flag fly as right. high as I want. Right. And so that's true for everyone. Yes. But when you have multiple intimate relationships, you can build such a repertoire of selves to explore and to mm -hmm. inhabit and to just play mm -hmm. that yeah. is hard to accept but access otherwise. Absolutely. I think the first dynamic you're talking about is a situation where at like at work, right, there's this reality that like if I bring out these aspects of myself, I might be discriminated against. I might lose connection with these people. I might lose my job. These are very real things, right? So like in that relationship, it's like we cut off parts of ourselves to maintain relationships, right? And like with a power dynamic of work in a capitalistic game, like you don't really get a choice here. Like you're going to have to cut off parts of that. Like unfortunately, right? Like we should be better, but yeah. this is what it is, right? And like, so in that, yes, it creates a different sense of self. And I think what is really, I love hearing about your story is though, like when we come into a space of like, when you're fully safe to bring all parts of yourself, right? Because in this poly world, no one's asking you to compromise who you are. No one's asking you to fit into anything. You're just being yourself. Yes. And in that world where you feel fully safe, you recognize that like, I see different parts of myself highlighted in all these different relationships because it's like, it's a created chemistry dynamic, like, right? Like, and you're at the center of all those ones. And that's you like in a safe place, the bad places we can talk about how that needs to change here. Wow. I think that is such a beautiful piece of the experience is just I am too big of a person to fit in a single relationship. I am a lot. I know I'm a lot and I love being a lot. That's, that's a given, okay? Yeah. I don't mean it in a bad way, but I do mean it in a way of, I want to experience the most I can out of life. I yeah. want to be a deeply, I'm sitting down, I'm reading a 2000 page genre fiction thing and I want to find somebody that I can just dive into that yeah. with. But I also want somebody that I can, do powerlifting with and 
just gym bro out with. Mm-hmm. I also want somebody that will go to the weird, like experimental theater, black box, super niche, all of those. And if I found somebody that had all of those, how wonderful is that? But if I don't, why, why wouldn't I want to find ways to celebrate the fullness of who I am? Yes. Absolutely. And even if you did find that person that had all those boxes, like you're still restricting off more love. And especially at least one thing that's big for me is like, I'm still restricting off my sexual identity, right? Like say someone meets all those boxes, say they like, because I I feel like that's where I've kind of been, like someone who meets all those boxes, but like wants monogamy. I'm like, there's still so much of my sense of self and like sex dynamics that is experienced through different people. And like, he's very dumb. I want to be a dom too. Like what, what the fuck's going to happen there? Are you going to let go of your identity to become a sub so that I can have that? Like, I think sometimes that's what monogamous is asking like couples to do, at least for me, right? Like you need to come into this other identity that might not feel authentic for you because I need to express my identity, which is multitudinal, right? So like, do I just like cut off that sense of self to be in our dynamic and make it fit here? Like then I'm losing a whole part of my sexual identity. I think that that is a fascinating piece that I hadn't really considered before where there are pieces of ourselves that are defined relationally. Yes, yes. Cannot be experienced, that cannot necessarily be experienced in a monogamous context. No, that's not quite right. Yes, I think I think you are, unless they're willing to like, change be amorphous and like their senses like i really like i don't know how to process this like right like he's a dom i want to be a dom too being a switch and (laughs) real talk being a switch is uh yeah Yeah. i think it is there are certainly things where you my interest in weird fiction Uh it is not defined by an other Mm. Whereas being a Don is defined in uh, relation to someone else. Uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Exactly. Yeah. And yep. so part of monogamy is that those pieces are necessarily differently expressed compared to I can be interested in genre fiction and you cannot. And that doesn't change it. Yeah. Whereas. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sitting with you on that too. Yeah, exactly. Fully. This has been my conundrum, right? Like, what do you, what do you do with that when your, your part of self then is being cut off? I I don't think you can, I think. And then you're asking the other person, like lean into a sub sense of self and like, maybe they just don't. And like, that's also okay. Right? Like I shouldn't be trying to force someone to enter into a whole new thing that doesn't feel safe for their sense of self. Like what? And I think that there is a piece where this is the polyamorous piece of me that says it is hard to imagine a partner requiring me to be a certain way to fulfill their needs. Now that's, that's unfair in certain ways. My partner's requiring me to be trustworthy. Yep. Yeah. 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 If I'm not trustworthy, they're not going to be in a relationship with me. Right. Yep. Right. They're going to require me to respect them. Yep. Right. That's totally fine. Right. But if I found out that I absolutely love tap dancing, cool. Mm-hmm. 
the idea that I could not explore that piece of myself because of a relationship feels like chopping off a limb to me. My experience of it is slightly different because to me, it's not an act. It might be violence, yeah. but it's also just almost inexplicable. Me liking tap has no bearing on S. Yeah. S can tap bands. They don't have to come to a single concert. Okay. All I'm asking for is the space to do this thing. Right, and monogamy is saying you can't. Like, like I'm just like that's the problem with us. Right, like after marinating in polyamory for a while, you start being like, why the fuck should I listen? Everyone's boundaries on that are a little bit different as far as what you think your partners can be related to, can have connection to. You know, maybe my partners wouldn't be okay being in a relationship with me if I took up bass jumping, just because they're like, I sure. I cannot yeah. actually yep. be in an intimate relationship with someone yep. who is in constant mortal danger. Like, right. I just can't. Sure. Yep. You know, like, that's a boundary. But the longer you're in polyamory, I feel like the more you're just like, why is it your concern? Yes. I think that's another thing I've been coming up on, like the space of polyamory where we're not asking anybody to compromise their sense of self. We're not being like, well, you have to fit into this because this is the puzzle piece that you fit into of like right here. And so you can't base jump anymore because that's too much stress for me. Like, right? Like there's a little bit more like freedom where we don't ask people to try and fit into this role. Or at least I, that's I think, me as a relationship anarchist. Like, right? Uh, like, well, and I think that there is there is this dichotomy between compromise and compromising the self because a lot of polyamory is compromise and sure. finding out what works and saying like, actually, Hey, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, Thursday yeah. this week doesn't work because yes. Kay has a meeting. And so yes. The, yes. our date not got moved to Tuesday. So can our, you know, like compromise is kind of the name of the game, yes. <laughs> yes. but at no time is it, mm, you're too you're too much. You're too self. you, not yeah. what you do, not the things you do, not you are too much. You need to change. Uh, that, that is a much bigger ask. And that's one that I feel like it, it happens through time and relationships. Like I, I am a different person because of my relationship with a, I'm a different person because of my relationship with K I'm a different, but being shoved in those boxes, ugh, I, I do not relish that idea. Mm-mm, mm-mm, no, and, and you shouldn't, like we should never, and I love that you like, yeah, caveat at that, right? Like there is so much compromise in healthy, good relationships, but like not a compromising of your sense of self and your self-actualization, right? Like we never look at someone else and say, you can't do that, you know, like, Ugh. Yeah. I think self-actualization is the key piece of it is that in polyamory, I get to be me and I get yes. to, I get to be the full expression of myself. And that is a self that waxes and wanes and moves through my relationships and the world constantly trying new things, retreating from old things, was really into this hobby. Now I'm not. It like, polyamory gives me the space to to be able to explore that yeah i think to be fair i think that there are ways that monogamy can do that mm -hmm. you are free to choose 
and you are choosing to just be in this one relationship. You both sit there and say, hey, you know something? If the right person came about and everything and the stars aligned, I could see encompassing myself in this change. Yeah. But right now, this is where we are. And as a contingent series of events continuing through time, yeah, I can see, I can see being a like a solo poly or being in a single relationship while being polyamorous, but that still feels like polyamory, right? Right, 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 right. Well, because like, I mean, my thought process through all this has been like, you could be a monogamous person that has deeply platonic relationships with other people. And when I mean like deeply, like relationship anarchy deeply, right? And like, then at that point, what we're talking about is really not, is like sex, right? Like in a life commitments, right? Like, so really at the core of that is like, I can love my friends or whatever words I want to use to label them, but like, I just can't fuck them. Okay. So, so then at least for me, it comes back to like, even in a monogamy world of like, I'm going to co-combine my relationship with you and live to the end of life and have all these deeply full relationships with other people. I think I could do that, like build, really construct with one person and have full relationships with everyone else. But then I hit this point where I was like, but that means you can't have sex with other people. And that's really what that means is like, are you fully satisfied sexually just with one person for the rest of your life? And I'm like, I don't know if I can be because of the earlier question of the like dom sub question of like cutting off sense of selves. And I've experienced that in terms of like connecting with other people of different genders. Like I feel like when I connect sometimes with someone of a specific gender, it brings out a certain side of myself. And when I connect it with a different gender, it brings out a different side of myself. And so then I feel like I'm cutting off parts of myself when you're asking me to just pick one. And then my sexual identity is like disconnected. And I really... I do not want to comment on what you are going through because I do not have the full context. Oh, yeah, please do that. But, <laughs> but I think that part of what I hear in that is it is attempting to separate sex from all these other kinds of intimacy. It's saying that sex is fundamentally different than platonic and emotional. And I feel like that is either not true and eventually the emotional poly like emotional you are sexually monogamous but you're emotionally polyamorous yeah. that eventually the emotional polyamorous actually won't be okay either mm. and that's you know like actually yeah you're not having sex with that person but you still hang out with them three nights a week yeah, and it's too much for a monogamous relationship you know yeah yeah i'm not having sex with them but that's too much connection so you know it's it's either not true or if it is, then I just feel like sex is wonderful. Sex is great and yeah. it is incredibly passionate and valuable. But if that is the thing that you, that is the hard line for you, that's the only thing that matters, then I don't understand what you think friendships are. Like if all you care about is whether someone else is fucking me, then you don't understand how full of a person I am and the ways that they have access to me. Right? Yeah, like, in terms of love and like intimacy that you have with those people. If you're not threatened by the connections I have with people, then why yeah, are you threatened by sex? Why are you threatened by the threatened by the sex? Like That's a good point. either it's yeah. either it's not true and you're gonna be messed up later, or it is true, in which case like something's weird now. Yeah. You're you're not actually taking the connections I have seriously enough. Right. It's, yeah, and some people do put blocks around that, right? That's where people have like the boundaries of emotional cheating within monogamy where they're like, 
uh, you actually can't have any close friends of the opposite gender, right? Because it's all heteronormative in that lens, right? So like, then that's kind of where some people do go of like, you can't even emotionally, like forget the sex, you can't even emotionally connect with someone of the opposite gender. And to me, that that is a thing that I felt, right? Like that is a thing that I felt with beginning of my relationship with S was feeling like I, I like this person too much because they were in my philosophy program and S is an amazing person and has grown to be able to have philosophical conversations, but it is never their idea of a good yeah, time. Yeah. And I felt like I was cheating on them because I just had these beautiful conversations. I had this beautiful connection. Like I did have a crush on them, you know, but it was that connection. So I just feel like you have a, a fluid bond with only one partner. Okay. You know, like sure. conversations about safe sex talks about yep, all of those yep, things. Yep, I yep, think yep. that there is, there are nuances in the discussion where you can, with somebody else, create boundaries about what feels good to you, what risk profiles, what kind of things, you know, actually this kind of thing, I only want to experience with this other person. I'm mm -hmm. choosing that this is the only- Yes, and that's beautiful. In, in your example, you're saying like, the only Dom I want in my life is this person. That's, mm -hmm. that's really wonderful. You're mm -hmm. saying, this is what I want with this person. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, building those up and cherishing those is really powerful and really important. Yeah, absolutely. But them being imposed instead of celebrated feels- Restrictive. Yeah. There are definitely ways that you can view them as ways to celebrate and access yourself. I wanted to run a marathon for a while. Like that was a thing that I wanted to do and I started training for it and I like really hit it hard. Mm-hmm. And that meant, you know, like 12 mile runs on a Wednesday night. And so yeah. I did nothing else. My weightlifting, my swimming, my climbing, all of those cut out pretty hard because I had this one goal and I was trying to build towards this one thing. And so, hey, right. actually, you know, I, I want to build this relationship with someone. And in order to really build this relationship that I weigh that I want to, the time that I want to sink in this person I am not having these other kind of relationships. I'll yes. have friendships. I'll have, yes. I'll have whatever. And, but saying, ooh, I want this so hard that I'm not going to open myself up to those other things. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. I, I can't imagine it for myself right now, but you know, I'm 36. Who knows what it's going to be like in 20 years? I don't know. Okay. Maybe I will find that place that I'm just like, no, this person, this is my marathon training. This is the thing that I am giving up. Yeah. All of it for. And that's gorgeous. But even, and yes, yes, I hear that. I hear that. I am with you. And yes, like I am, and like that's, this is why half of me was like, maybe I'm monogamy. Maybe I do want monogamy. Like shit. You know what I mean? Like I like that. And I think as a psychologist, I'm like, I could spend my whole life trying to truly be in relationship, good, 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 close relationship and understand with one person and they have all these other friends. Cause like, that's really hard to do with just one person, honestly. The more I study psychology, I'm just like, holy fuck, you know? So like, I think I could connect with someone to that level, but then even in that paradigm, that still means that your sexual identity self is with that one person. Like, it's not like friends where I can just be like, oh, like I have friends where I get my relational stuff with a mix of people, but I have one primary. It's not the same way with sex. It's not like, oh, I have one primary, but I also kind of play and dabble in other sides of my self my identity with other people and i think at least this is my personal dilemma where it's like you get kind of caught up in that where i like i never really thought about who is my sexual self that's why i think it's interesting when you're talking about gender 
who's your gendered self and how we notice like it comes out through different fucking relationships and I can't just have one. Once you start recognizing the ways that the self is manifested through those relationships, your sexual self, your gendered self, your personality self, I, I am a different person in these relationships. And you can do that. You can do that in monogamy. You can, you can still explore yourself, but it does put a block on where they can go and what they can feel like. You know, I think that there are definitely times where I had to realize that I was overextended, that right. I was in right. relationships that I, I could not care for myself or the relationships I had. And I had to make some pretty hard choices about what right. felt good and how I could care for myself and the people that I needed to. Right. And so, you know, I think that there are times where you can close up a little bit. Sure. But to make a commitment that that's where you're going to be forever is, you know, I commitment means that it's going to continue forward, right? But the things I commit to is I commit to respecting my partner. I yep. commit to loving them. Yep. I cannot commit that I will always be the exact same person. I can commit that I will always respect them because yeah. I, that is who I am. Yep. But to expect me to be the same person day after day, week after week, year after year. No, I mean, and you, I think what we can commit to is that we're going to change, right? Like that's almost like the one thing we can commit to. Sometimes I feel like I've seen too much of the matrix. Do you know what I mean? Ugh, I mean, <laughs> it's impossible, but what do you? I just like, I can't like, I can't go back to these like, like I know so much now about like I well okay at least at least I know I keep coming back to sex like and and I hope you're, you were equally enjoying the exploration of this conversation okay. okay absolutely well because like there's a part of like so much of like and fuck it you know this is right now this is exactly where I want to be in my life okay like this is exactly what I want to be doing in my life right now is this and talking about sex and relational identity like I've always wanted to be here um so thank you for being in this space with me um there's just never been like a lot of conversation about who you are as a sexual being right like this has been controlled so much at least especially as a woman over in my gender identity has been so much of like it's a partner dynamic it is this it is that versus like who am i sexually and what am i sexually and that realizing that does come out in different people like that's a conversation that i've never even pondered of like Am I cutting off my like my sense of identity by only being having sex with one person? I think it's beyond that even because the idea of a sexual self is in some sense, I don't want to say illusory, but it's the self is com is a combination of other things because the sexual self that you are with one person mm -hmm. today is not the sexual person you will be with that person. Sure. in three years yeah like, yeah sure like you're gonna find out that actually both of you are into some things that you did not know you're into right. actually you're gonna find out that actually this thing that you thought you were both into only one of you are into and the other one kind of like puts up with it and so right. you just like that dies out of your relationship you know like so that sexual self evolves over time right but then it's also through polyamorous relationships you start realizing that it doesn't just evolve over time it evolves in relationships and dynamics mm -hmm. you grow in relationships and so the person you are in a given relationship 
is going to be different in a different relationship. It just right. is a fact. Right. And I guess my thing about the matrix then is like, so my sister is Mormon, right? Mm-hmm. She never had sex with anyone other than her person, you know, her husband. Yeah. And she's happy and I'm all happy for her like life in the world that she's living in this this existential void, right? Um, And the meaning that she's found in the world. But like she hasn't questioned all of these things, expanded the potential of like even the world of having sex with multiple people to have all that. And like in that way, I'm like, oh shit, like I kind of opened up so much of the matrix that like I can't go back to that world of like one person forever kind of energy because I've questioned so much and learned so much about exactly what we're talking about of how you're expanded through relationships that I'm like, oh shit, like I could never go back to being in the matrix and actually like be as satisfied because I've, I've, I've expanded too much here. I think <laughs> not no. a bad thing. Just saying, I feel like I've grown too much. I think that that is super true. I think the piece that I always struggle with is you know, the matrix, the allegory of the cave, the whole thing. Yeah, of just, yeah the allegory of the cave shit, yeah. You, like, you realize that these things are not real. Yeah. So you find the truth, reality, all of those things. Well, I don't, there's a piece of me that's like, uh, I was incredibly happy when I was, when I thought I was cis, het, monogamous. I thought I was, ha- I, I didn't think I was happy. I was. I Exactly. So much. You loved- were happy. And I don't want to say that the person I am now, the happiness I have now is better. Because exactly, I, exactly. I don't, I don't know if I am, but I yes. can't say I can't go back to that one. I don't, I'm not saying this one's better. I'm not saying the person I am now is better than the person I was then. I like this person more because I grew into this person, regardless if it's better, regardless if it's bigger, regardless if it's more enlightened, whatever things we sometimes fall into, at the very least, I can't go back. Exactly. Yes. Yes. It's not a judgment, right? Like my sister is living a beautiful life. You were happy. She's happy. Like, yeah. And right. And I think it's very important of not using it being like a judgment of like somehow we know more because like we, we don't, you know what I mean? Like we don't, we have known nothing more about what it is to be in this existential void. I don't know. That's, that's why I was trying to find another metaphor for it because like the allegory of the cave has like such like you know, negative connotations where it's like, you're still in the dark if you're down there, right? So then it's like, we don't want to say that. That's why, but I guess the matrix is also ne- negative because it's like, then you're living in a fake world. I don't know what kind of metaphor it is that like to use of like, once you've expanded, the, once I've stretched this far, I can no longer go back to like this thin. Yeah, because all of our metaphors are all like a hermit crab out growing its shell. Yeah, uh, which is negative. It, like all of those things are saying that it's growth and it's, it yeah. is growth. But real yes. talk, your sister, I imagine, has grown in her love for her husband. Absolutely. She has learned how to celebrate that, how yes. how to exist so deeply and so beautifully in that relationship. Yes. And to say that we all grow some every day. We grow yep. in a different way. Yep. But I don't think that she would want to go back to the, I hope, to the marriage that she had when she just was a newlywed. Like, right. I hope she says, I couldn't, I could not go back to that to like, to, yeah. uh, right? Like she yep. can't go back to that. Hers has been more of a straight line blossoming. Yours has winded and wound its way around. Yeah. What a storm. <laughs> Boy, <laughs> I'm <that>. okay. <laughs> Golly knows I have gone some places. <laughs> Woo! It is important to say that 
your growth is as long as everyone's happy, like happy, healthy, and yeah. consenting, all growth is beautiful and something to celebrate. Right. And it's not something that you can prune back without some real serious trauma. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So maybe just different paradigms. That's kind of a word I've been throwing it around of like, you see the world, how you connect, the meaning you make of it in a radically different way. Just like when someone's religious, like, right? Like that's a different paradigm of how you exist in the world, right? And it's hard to ask someone who's like in a religious setting to just be agnostic, like, and once I've gone to the paradigm of polyamory, it's really hard for me to go back to a paradigm of like monogamy. Well, and I think it is especially hard, real talk, the clue is in the way that you phrase it. It's not, I'm stepping into monogamy. I'm, yeah. I'm stepping forward into this new back. part. Of, if you said, I am so excited to explore this new piece of my life. I am so excited to see what it's like to build a relationship with the knowledge and skills that I have gained. Like, oh my God, being this aware, this experienced, this in touch with who I am and bringing this full self, this enlightened fucking being into a single relationship. How, how fucking beautiful is that? But that's not what you feel. Right, because the sex. <laughs> I'm not kidding like it's real like I am so real about this of like I because I guess I'm like I'm pushing because I'm like yeah that's exactly where I was like in this la these last couple of like processing of me was like I'm happy to be in a monogamous relationship I've done all this processing I study relationships for fuck's sake right like I'm ready yeah. to do this but like that still doesn't answer the question of your sexual identity like oh you know well and I think that that then points to the fact that it still feels like, because as I was saying, you're like, how wonderful to bring this full self into this relationship. Yeah. It sounds like you don't feel like there is space for the full self. Like, yeah. Yeah, it yeah. sounds like you feel like you're having to renounce part of who you are. And that's right. not. I just didn't know this was a part of who I was. Do you know what I mean? Like, I didn't know I needed this. I didn't even know until... I had sex with other people that there was other sides of me to even explore. Yeah. Yeah. Seeing the ways that you need that freedom, the ways that that freedom feels like an intrinsic part of who you are. Yeah. That's a thing that you worked really hard to build. You worked really hard to gain. And yo, when I talk about realizing I'm polyamorous is liberatory. I, I don't think I could give up that part. I could, I could have that take different shapes. I could have that look different ways. I could make space for that in so many, it could look so many different ways depending on where like, but I can't give that up. I can't, I cannot imagine losing that piece of myself. Yes. Yes. And that is what I have been saying to myself too, of like, no relationship is worth losing yourself. If you lose yourself, then you're not in a relationship. Someone else Yeah, is. yeah, exactly. Yes. Because exactly what you're saying of like cutting off those sides of yourself. And yeah, right when you were saying it to me, I was like, are you saying it to me? Are you saying it to yourself? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm sure a lot of this is all like that same like, yeah, you know, I think that that is the liberation is like connecting to this deep, expansive part of yourself and knowing that like, I have to stay here because this is where I feel the most alive. This is where I feel the most connected to the world, connected to other people. Even what you said at the beginning of this conversation, right? Connected to the fat cat. I see you. 
<laughs> Did you see her meowing in the back? Oh, I heard her meowing and I celebrate her voice as an independent agent. I celebrate you too, baby. Um, you're connected to the possibilities of what a relationship could be in the world, right? Like, that's what you're cutting off. That's huge, you know? Well, and let's be frank, you are always cutting off some possibilities, right? Like yeah, sure. I cut off the possibility of moving to Singapore and being an investment banker. I have no skills for that. I have no yeah. interest in that. And, yeah. you know, I also cut off the opportunities to have certain relationships. There's certain kind of relationships that I'm just not interested in and not going to pursue and not going to have. Right. And so it is not that polyamory says I can do everything. It, right. It says I can, but I'm not going to. I'm going to choose which one of the buffet in front exactly. of me. Exactly. Of every kind of relationship, person, yes. experience. I can choose. I can, and I don't choose all of them because that's not how it works. That will give you a tummy ache. And it will cost a ton when they would do it by the pound. Like, you know, oh, like shit. The, yeah, I love this metaphor. I know, right? I'm rolling. I'm rolling. Like, yeah. you, can't, you cannot do it. You cannot. You have to choose. Yep. But the thing is, when somebody says, ooh, actually, I see you took that, you can't have that. Yeah. What, do you, what do you mean I can't have What do you mean I can't have that? Yeah. A respectful way is you can't have that and sit at the table with me. I'm super sorry. Like blue cheese. <laughs> blue cheese. I love blue cheese. But like somebody says, yo, blue cheese smells like feet. I don't want it at the table when I'm eating. So if you get that, you don't sit at my table. Hey. Mm -hmm. If it sounds like that's kind of where you're at, is this person saying, you can't sit at the table with blue cheese with me. Yeah. And, you know, it comes down to saying, you know, even if right now I don't want blue cheese, because I've got like, I've got a steak. I don't want to put blue cheese on my steak. You know, yeah. Or I've yeah. got ice cream. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't yeah. actually want blue cheese right now. But you're telling me that if I want to sit with you, even in the future, I can't? Yes. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I think this is the, you don't have to compromise in your identity here right like that's where it comes back to because like we, yeah we did clarify but like you do make compromises but it's like it's that freedom and expansiveness to be like yeah if you want to eat blue cheese go it's okay just eat it at a different table we'll hang out after for dessert like that's great you know like it's yeah. like okay cool <laughs> like yeah that freedom of just no you can be who you want to be you don't do them with me or you need yeah, like you know that yeah but i relish the fact if you want to sit with me for this part awesome i really man we share soup like pros love mm -hmm. it but man oh man saying that you are not allowed to sit somewhere else you're not allowed to take this thing that that doesn't really once you can pick whatever you want from the buffet it's hard it's yeah yeah mm. tough. yep yep and writing my dissertation part of like what i was trying i mean part of like a lot of it was like oh like what is monogamy and defining the boundaries of that right and like it's hard to find a definition of monogamy because it can be so expansive to some people and like like more restrictive to other people. Some people call like emotional cheating, right? Some other people are a little bit more expressive with that. But like at its core, then there's always like no real definition of what monogamy is because it's kind of so fluid depending on what you call monogamy. So like monogamy is better understood as a a concept of what you can't do with other people. And that definition, when I found that, hit me like a brick where it's like, yeah, it's not about what we do together. It's what you can't do with other people. And that's the best way to kind of understand monogamy that it is encompassing enough to actually cover all the ways monogamy is used in our culture. So it's more, yeah, what you can't do with other people.
that is such a simple and beautiful, but also deeply troubling definition. Just because, <laughs> no, I, yeah. I, my partners cannot do intravenous drugs with unclean needles with other people. Like, you know, mm -hmm. I do have my boundaries, except if they do, that would not necessarily mean they can't. It just means that my relationship with them vis-a-vis -vis bodily fluids will change. Right. Recognizing just the breadth of what that many means in monogamy and the loss of agency. Yep, exactly. That's what I wrote about too in my dissertation about how like relationship anarchy specifically, right, is like a relational autonomy. Like it comes down to that rather than like restricting like what you can do with other people. Like part of it is you have the autonomy to enact these things, right? Obviously, again, like we said, the web, right? Like you're in a web, you have to be very conscious because you have all these pieces that you're trying to build. You have this beautiful garden, right? It needs water, it needs time, energy. But in that, you still have the freedom to say, I want to do this. Can we make this work in our world somehow and still maintain my connection? And if a one-time encounter of whatever level of intimacy that is, like you feel full freedom to go to whatever that capacity is. And that like autonomy, man, when I think about losing that autonomy, like it literally feels like this is heavy, right? But like when I think about my sexual assault, like it feels like that level of like pinning down relationally of like, no, like you cannot do this with other people. And like, I feel relationally pinned, like, oh my God. Well, and I think that conversation of, you know, I'm in a relationship with this person and I am not okay with them doing this. And so then we navigate that together, you know? I'm not okay with being in a relationship with a person that does this. You want to do this. How do we, how do we make it work? How, what, what compromises, how do we approach this? And it's that it is two autonomous individuals having a conversation about how to proceed. Mm -hmm. Monogamy feels like it closes down that conversation because it just says, no, like that's just not how that works. Despite the fact that everyone decides what monogamy looks like, as you said, right. monogamy is a broad definition, right? But very heuristic. The paradigm you view it through is that there is a right way and a wrong way. And maybe you change it a little bit, but there is, there's a right way for this relationship to work. There is no right way for my relationship to S with S to look like there's yep. none. Yep. 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 This is why I like relationship anarchy. Cause like you can be a monogamous relationship anarchist. I've talked about this on the podcast. So, you know, but like, that's a potential. The, the real key of that is that you are not following inherent levels of how to exist in that relationship. You're creating it together. And so if it feels good to be like, yeah, so that sexual fidelity is something I want to practice, then like, hell yeah, that's all great for you. But like, it's coming down to that like relational piece of like, we're choosing to co-construct this together. This is what we want. And I think for you, my limited time with you, I can see you having a conversation about what sexual fidelity would look like in a polyamorous relationship, in a yeah. anarchy framework of just like, oh, this is really hard for me, but it's a conversation I'm willing to at least entertain. But I, it is hard for me to pin down. What's the difference between relationship anarchy with sexual fidelity and monogamy? Because there is a huge difference between those from my perspective. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people don't, don't conceptualize what that difference is. Right. 
Right, right. Because I think one of the beautiful thing is this show has changed me, right? Like I've connected with some people who are in dynamics where they have like one main partner, but they do kink play with other people that doesn't have fluid exchange. Okay, like that's a monogamous world you could I could maybe entertain like you were saying of having that conversation right of like, what does it look like to have sexual fidelity with also like, you know, a little bit more of other pieces that allow for that right you know and like, so yeah 100% I think it's possible and I love getting to hear other paradigms of how people live in this world just to like show examples of like what we can do to live in these worlds with different ways. I don't know, I just feel like recognizing how those feel different and what makes them different to someone that's aware of it, to someone that's lived with that freedom, to someone that's lived with that autonomy, that is a different mindset. Yep. And this is why I haven't been okay. I'm okay. Like I'm, I'm functioning. Right. But like, and like in terms of relational sense of self, like I'm, I'm I'm crying a lot. Yeah. Because you've built a thing, you've built a thing that matters to you, you've built a thing that gives you life. And now you're kind of just sitting on the edge, kind of right. seeing, you, you know enough, you've lived enough to see what happens if you take that leap. And that's a really daunting place to be. It's trusting the web though, your partner, right? Like that's the other piece that you come back to, so. So you, you, you dive in, right? Because, and that's, kind of, this is why, like, you know, this is why I said I, this is kind of where I'm at, right? And like, I, I appreciate you holding all this space of having this conversation. I don't really know what the podcast is ever going to look like, but sometimes I think it's beautiful when I, I come in and just be a messy human because I, I have to think that there has to be other people who are like in that same space of like trying to do this and equally being confused and scared. And like, if I can just be vulnerable, at least like what I'm going through, maybe I'll save someone else the same like journey of this whole psychological dilemma that I currently sit in. Okay, you are simultaneously too optimistic and not optimistic enough. <laughs> Just, and let me explain why, let me explain why. I'm listening. <laughs> because no one will ever be in your situation again. Mm. You are an utterly unique human. And while there are pieces of your story that other people can glean and say, oh, so that's how Nicole thought about X, Y, and Z. Oh. Yeah. That's what somebody that is in touch with this thinks through. Cool. Right. The odds are against a person that has written a dissertation on relationship <laughs> anarchy while also doing this exploration. You know, I, I don't want to say you're a niche audience if that's who you're pitching towards, but I feel like your podcast members are going to be pretty low, yeah. just as a note. But so no, I don't think that like necessarily you're yeah. going to say someone that. But here's the thing. Mm -hmm. This is modeling. How do we talk about this? How do we understand Shit, yeah. this? How do we, how do we process hard, icky, complicated, fucked up shit? Yep. Yep. And, yep. And that, that is universally valuable. You know, maybe somebody does lift your lived story carte blanche, like a whole cloth. Love that. Perfect. Good for mm -hmm. them. That so delightfully easy I'm happy for them yeah but instead people get to see what does it look like when you find yourself torn what does it look like when you find yourself not loving any way out they will be in a spot where they're torn they will be in a spot where their relationship as is at a crossroads 
yeah, everyone is unique and no one's going to have that same thing, but they will connect at that moment, at least of what I heard of you said of like, like of what it feels like to be low and what it feels like to be, at least for me, what I've been talking about, it has been like off gravity, like just feeling like my gravity is off, feeling like something is so like, just not right in my sense of being, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. And in some ways I'm feeling this sense of like, oh, Nicole, you fucked up like the podcast. You're supposed to be holding space for Chris and you're supposed to be asking about, <laughs> I know I, I don't put any rules on the show, so I don't think it should be right. But like, I feel that moment right now. So I just, I guess I should be saying thank you for holding space for me. And thank you for sitting in this dilemma with me. I would first of all want to say, if I had been thinking about this as a podcast the entire time about us as like sages doling out wisdom and you interviewing me to glean some type of insight into the human condition, I would have been utterly terrified. That mm. is not, not, mm. not my jam. Yeah. Instead, having the freedom to just talk and bring who I am into the space for us to just kind of see what emerges is kind of kind of what I want out of life right mm -hmm. and let me tell you it was, it was good for me I don't know how you feel but I feel really good I needed this you know like <laughs> this is exactly what I was looking to get out of it so mm -hmm. no. this was delightful good 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 and it was for me too and I think that's also, and it, yeah, we're modeling good relationships, good connections, holding space, having fun. Yeah. I always like to like hold a little bit of space at the end in case there was something that maybe you were just like, we never hit on this that you wanted to talk about. I know we hit on a lot. So, but in case there is anything that you were just like, damn, we didn't talk about it and I'm not going to sleep tonight. No, I can talk a lot if you haven't noticed. So there's, there's always more I can talk about, but <laughs> sure. no, I, I feel like. I was able to express the fullness of my being, the pieces of my story, yes. and I felt like I brought my authentic self to the yes. interview and let it all out. So. You so did. You so did. And I think that's why it connected with me so much and resonated with me and moved me in so many ways because I could feel how true these things are to your being, you know, and your experience in this world. Recognizing the ways that polyamory allows me to be my full self is just such an earth shattering revelation that I have never been the same after. And yes. so being able to sit in a space with somebody else who has been in the emotional fucking minds of figuring the thing out. No, that's, that's fucking great. Mm, that's exactly what it is. That expansion of yourself. Mm, yeah. It hits, it hits, and I, this is going to be one of those, like, it's one of those moments where the universe just shows up with what you needed at the right time, and so I say, thank you, thank you, <laughs> you know? Uh, Especially yeah. considering, like, that was the last class you were teaching <laughs> and everything else. I know, pretty wild stuff. Yes, yes, absolutely. It always, it always happens, right? That's what I keep, like, all that fear of trusting, I'm always like, the universe continues to somehow show up the more I just, like, follow the things that naturally bring me life, so I'm like, okay. Okay, I'm listening, I'm listening. Well then, to wrap up our time together, there's always one question that I ask everyone on the podcast. And that is, what is one thing that you wish other people knew was more normal? Loving people. Mm. 
it is natural to see other people and to welcome them into your heart. And we build it up and we're scared of it. It's normal. It's natural to let people in. And I feel like the more that you practice that, the easier it is. I feel like the more love I give, the e- like it starts to grow in that way. You start recognizing it's not just a thing you do with one person. It's not just a thing you do with your parents. It's not that love is, love can look like so many different things. It can, it's loving when I tell my students that they're not allowed to throw things and hurt people. That's loving. It's loving when I connect with a friend after I know they had a hard day. All of, all of those are connection. All of those are relationship. And that's kind of, insofar as I've ever found a meaning of life, that's, that's the one I give a shit about. Mm-hmm. I got some post-it note I'm looking for somewhere that says God is love. Yeah. I was like, if there ever, it really is some sort of metaphysical anything. It's it to me, it, it's that exactly what you just said of like seeing the love in all of the relationships and trying to connect more to that, and then feeling that purpose of like connection through that love. I mean, oof. That's what matters to me. Mm. I have had such a great time, and I really enjoyed all of your philosophical brain. Like seriously, that is the wavelength of me. So like, yes, this has been amazing. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for opening the space for it. If you enjoyed today's episode, then leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcast. And if you're a part of the anarchist community, then follow us on Instagram or nominate a guest for the show by sending in a letter to modernanarchypodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, I'll see you next week.